Welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. On the Writer's Corner live show, we connect authors from around the globe to each other and to their readers. Readers are able to find and explore new authors to love. You will meet both seasoned as well as new and aspiring authors on the show. And so today, we invited to get the backstory of our featured author of the week, none other than Nikki Jacobs. She's from my hometown, Cape Town in South Africa, and author of the book Mean Cow. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. If you are just joining us, welcome to the show. This is episode 67 of the Writer's Corner live show. I'm your host, Brigetti Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. I'm a live video camera confidence coach and I host and produce live video shows that helps brands, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and of course on this show, authors to share their beautiful stories. I'm also a responsible social media advocate. My co-host is Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She is the award-winning author of the Children's Poolicious book series. She's an author and also writing a movie screenplay at the moment. She is a wife and also the mother of three beautiful inspirations. And she's also a special needs and disabilities advocate. And Mary lives in Nashville in the USA. So do let us know where you're from. Mary, welcome to the show. And good morning. Good evening to you. Good morning to me. And um, I'm excited about our show today. I'm so excited that you, we have a local author on from your area of the world. So exciting. I know that's something that hasn't happened very often. So I'm delighted to have someone from Cape Town in South Africa on our show today. Um, Nikki says that she's had numerous titles given to her over the years, um, such as mother, wife, daughter, sister, aunt, and friend. But she says what describes her best is that something she's most passionate about, and that's her creative writing. Also, the development of people. She loves gardening and being involved in community programs. So as an entrepreneur, her business called Skylar Projects has evolved into what she's passionate about. She consults in the tourism sector and provides training, development, and mentoring to small to medium-sized enterprises. She also oversees a private testing center, one of three in South Africa. More recently, she started a spec worm project, giving away these little gems as a means of helping the environment. 2019, she says, has also been a huge year for her personally. She decided to study honors in English full-time after being out of the university space for 23 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And she's also self-published her second book called Mean Cow. And we're going to ask a little bit about that. Shall we invite her onto the show? Absolutely. 
Hi, Nikki. Hello, ladies. Hi. It's so nice to have you. Can I ask you a question? Is okay. What age is your book for? So it's um, up to age eight years old. Eight. Okay. Yes. Because I, mean, I love the cover. It's beautiful. And um, I just wondered uh, because um, covers sometimes are deceiving when they're children's because, it, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell exactly what age they're for. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Virgetti was reading your bio. And so you're, you're, you oversee one of three testing centers in your country. So what is that? I know it's not about the book, but I was curious as to what that's about. So, um, and our client is actually an American client. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the three <laughs> private centers, we, um, oversee one which is in Cape Town. And so it's professional-based testing that, that we oversee. So, for example, if a nurse wanted to practice in Saudi, she'd have to do her entrance test at our test center. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So it's all highly specialized um, testing that gets done. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow, that is, a, that is amazing. So... Uh, your mean cow is your second book what is it that made you want to become a writer um first of all i think when i when i did my first book um it was basically my my kids inspire you so mm -hmm. most of the time you tend to do things that is centered around and i've got two boys i mean they're much older now they're not kids anymore they you know um 21 and 14 but so I tend to do things that's around them. I mean, not that either one of them are mean cows or anything like that. But, <laughs> but rhyming, because um, both my books that I've done, and especially this one, now they, they both are written in rhyme. And rhyming yeah. is so important. And it's the foundation right. for, for language learning um, in kids. Yes, absolutely. I love and, rhyming. And so, um, and so this is why I've, I, I wrote in rhyme. And I think we, we're not seeing enough of rhyming being done in schools. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. And, you know, it's funny because uh, rhyming, and I write that way either. I mean, also, I try to write from the viewpoint of children and how they hear things and what, what uh, the things that help them remember is that repetition and hearing it over and over and over again. And I, I agree with you that there's some of this that's missing now, uh, or it, and it's missing this, not just your country, but not just my country. It's pretty much everywhere that it's, that yeah. it's missing. Um, and think about, you know, the funny words that are in Dr. Seuss. He's one of my favorites because he's that example of exuding, you know, the, the wonderment and innocence of childhood. And those funny words we we intend to remember, don't we? Yeah, but but it's also the fun in reading, and that's what yes. it does. It it draws kids in um, so that they can learn in a fun environment. And now it's not fun anymore. Reading right. is not fun anymore. It's become a chore. You know, you must read. Right. But had we, you know, if you are still doing it in a fun way, if you are doing it in a lyrical way because that's what rhyming does it creates this lyrical um movement um and i remember as a child you know you learn silly rhymes humpty dumpty jack and jill but 40 years 45 years later and i still remember the same rhymes right right you know and that's it, it reinforces the the 
the fun in it it reinforces the musical the musicability in it as well mm -hmm. we don't have now and that's the stuff yeah. you remember for life you know right. it never goes it never goes away i know yeah. i remember I remember a song I learned at four years old in Montessori school, Frere Jaca in French. Oh. Yes, I still remember it. I'm 52, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, there's one rhyme that I learned. I think I must have been eight years old. And it was called Little Johnny Don't Care. Mm -hmm. um, and I remembered, you know, little Johnny don't care, wouldn't brush his hair, wouldn't tuck his shirt, and his clothes were everywhere. The irony is, I married a Johnny. Oh, is he like that? <laughs> yes, he's like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of my favorite, my favorite rhymes. I mean, mm. I loved it. And I'm married to a Johnny now. <laughs> Do you say it to him all the time? <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, my goodness that, that rhyming does it is and we're missing that i think it's we fundamentally missing that because rhyming allows you to create words it allows you to think mm -hmm. yes cat. and and these are the games that i used to play with my kids you know um, yes. if they learn a new word what rhymes with cat and even if you make up the word yeah, I it's love making fun. up words. Yes, it's and, a lot and of fun. I tell them, you know, make up a word and create your own definition. What does mm -hmm. it mean? Yes. You know? I know. That is, I'm with, that is I'm awesome. I want to I wanted to say a quick welcome to our live audience on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Periscope. Just know that we are watching your comments. And a quick shout out to our youngest fan in India. Um Hamad, a huge big welcome. He's oh, watching wow. us on YouTube. He's, he's from he's from Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course I remember you. Hamad's asking me, do I remember <laughs> him? Hamad, I do remember you. Absolutely. He's from Pakistan and he's 13 years old and he's watching us. And so he says hello to you, Nikki. Hi. Oh. <laughs> how sweet. And his parents, his parents his parents are responsible with their social media and monitoring okay. him. I think we've had that conversation before, which is fantastic because I just read a whole article about like the seven reasons that anybody, you know, any kids under high school age should not be privy to any social media because of what all it does to children. And, you know, it's interesting because as parents, I think we think about those things. And I know Bridgette does a lot of talking about social media and that responsibility factor. But when you start seeing, you know, people write about it and then they've got all this stuff to back it up, you know? So anyways, but I'm glad he joins us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Nikki, what do you think being able to, to write has helped you as a person in some way? Um, you know, would you encourage other people to try it? Of course. I think, you know, writing is an outlet. First of all, I mean, I, I write, um, just as a means of coping on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, the therapy. Write, yeah, it's it's therapy. I mean, I write for fun. I write as a means to escape. I write as a means to create another world for myself. Um, and the thing about writing is that there is no rules. If you're writing for yourself, there, is, there are no rules really, you know? I know. It's, it's just a way of, it really is a way of coping. 
Yes. And you know, it, it's good to do that. And then, but when you go try to write in a book and sometimes the editing part of it wants to oh. take away those things. And it's like, no, I'm being creative. Cause I come up against that. I just did yeah. with something I submitted and I was like, okay, but I want to do this because I can break the rules and I am writing and I'm being creative. And this is for children because they have no boundaries. Yes, they have, exactly. they have, they don't see those boundaries and they don't know those. And so it's like, yeah. think about my little guy, I have a six year old, him skipping around saying silly words, you know? Yeah. And I think it keeps us young to write this way. It keeps us in that exactly. mindset of youth and, and that's healthy for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what your age is, it's very healthy to be in that mindset because it's lighthearted and it's easy and it's innocent and it's fun. And, and that's what kids need. They, they don't need you know, they can wait until they 20 to become serious. But when they are developing that you need and you learn by fun in any case, yeah. kids need to learn by fun. So so rhyming is what it, it, it's fun. It's a fun way to learn. It's a fun way to read. And I had I had a young girl read the book um, about a month ago and she was 11 years old. And I recorded a reading and I was completely shocked because she struggled to read the book. Oh, she was wow. 11 years old. And it's it's a simple book. It's not difficult. It's easy rhyme schemes. Um, and she struggled to read. Hmm. And she, that's the, I think that's read. quite indicative of the of the, hmm. the era we're living in. You know, as mm -hmm. we mentioned in the beginning, young yeah. people are not reading as much as they need to. And it's a foundation, you know, it's a foundation of everything we do in life is the ability to read and read with understanding. Yeah. And they're watching videos. This is what kids are doing. They're watching videos. So you're not actually, you know, I mean, there are educational videos out there, but it right. makes you a lazy reader as well. Right, but I'm saying kids are spending more time watching all these silly videos coming through on, yes. you know, this various social media outlets. I mean, I know yeah. my my older girls do. And like every time I'm with them, mom, look at this, look at this. And it's funny. I like, let's read, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, let's read something, you know? So uh, we come from that time of reading a lot and writing a lot of papers. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're, we were trained that way. And then we've got this whole culture that is just uh, nothing, but you know, we're here. I mean, it's amazing to me when I go out places or whatever with friends and I see all the adults like this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're like a bunch of teenagers, you know, you guys, let's, let's put them down and let's talk to each other. And that becomes odd. Sometimes. So Hamid's, yes. Hamid's got a question for you. So my yes. question was going to be, Nikki, um, can you hold up your book? And I wanted to ask sure. you um, why you decided to self-publish your book. I'm mm. going to put you on full screen. Um, so I want to know about why you decided to, to self-publish. And then Hamid uh, is wanting to know, yes. uh, can you hold up the book again? So I've got you on full screen now. Um, mm. Hamid wants to know, is your book going to be available elsewhere? He wants to know if he could get it in Pakistan. Um, unfortunately not, but you could um, send me a message and I could post it to you. Hmm. That would be the, the other way to get it to you, though. So it's only available. Um, in fact, I'm, because I'm self-published, um, I sell it by postage so people just inbox me i do little events and i've got one event coming up now um, on the first of december 
it's um, uh, the Belgium the Belgium consulate is having a little kiddies day, and mm. so I will be doing my book there at their kiddies day. Oh, cute! That'll be interesting. And so, and the reason I self-published, I think, is because when I when I self-published my first book, um, I thought I'm outside of people telling me no, we can't publish a book. Um, and no, we only publish uh, 20 titles per year and we'll only consider you if you are, if you've been previously published. Now, it doesn't make sense. I cannot be previously published if you're not going to allow right. me to be published. Did you look for a publisher outside of um, South Africa or just where you are? Just where I am. Um, and okay. in South Africa, I must have gotten probably like, oh my gosh, um, 15, 15 rejection letters uh -huh. um, okay. the first time. And it was okay i mean you kind of get annoyed in the beginning right. because they're right. telling you that we love it but um, unfortunately we only do previously published so you um, need to look outside if you want to go that route you need to look outside of yeah. your country because there are a bazillion publishers out there yeah. and literary agents and and normally uh like that typical send out is between 30 to 50 to to 30 to 50 yeah. publishers. Yeah. And so you are going to hear a lot of rejections. And then sometimes you don't hear anything at all from publishers. Yeah. And you're right, you have to get published in order to be previously published, yeah. which is a very, you know, that's, it's kind of unfair, but I I wouldn't give up if I were you. I would keep searching oh, no, outside. No, no. Yeah, but so my approach now is, it's totally different because my, my second book, which is Mean Car, that was, that I published was, was funded. So it wasn't out of my pocket. So that was the great. Oh, that's so, so some I was I was funded by um, the National um, Library of South Africa. So they funded me to print the books and everything to get it edited as well. Um, and then this was my first book that I actually illustrated as well. So oh, fun. So, did you self-illustrate? She said she did. She did, and I. I've thought about doing the same thing because waiting for an, an illustrator takes so long and you're just like, exactly. you, you write it and you like, okay, I see it in print already. I want it out there. I love it. You know, and then you have to wait for the illustrator. So it's funny. I had that thought the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, these would be horrible pictures because I can't <laughs> draw. <laughs> so it would definitely look like it was from a, you know, a kindergartner. But yeah, anyway. But it forces you to, you know, to take control of your own creativity, though. Right, it's true. Um, so I love it. Can you open some pages for us so we can see? Um. So let's see. So that's my cow. It's adorable. Yep. Look at them others. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. And that's some flames. You did exactly a great love. job. I love um, it. Oh, that's he's trying to make a little dust angel now because the grass is Aww. gone. Oh, so yeah, and I think my hardest one was um, trying to do a collection of cows. Um, you did amazing. I am so amazingly impressed. I don't know that I could do that. I think your next book needs to be called Look at Those Udders. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to be your next one, right? Yeah. Oh my so, goodness, that is that is but, an absolute hoot. So, so really, with this book, I had complete creative control over it. Um, 
because the funding was extremely last minute. And I sent them the, the manuscript and they said, oh, no, but where's your, where are your illustrations? I'm like, what? And she said, oh. like, can, you, can you give me some illustrations? I'm like, uh, but when do you need it? She's like, oh, you've got three days. I'm like, the, the entire book? She's like, no, 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 no. Just about six or seven illustrations. I'm thinking, I can't even do one illustration. But, okay, let's do this. And I, I was forced into it. And I, and I managed to illustrate. I love it. You are a wonder woman. Awesome. So you can do it, you know. I just think... If anything, it's proven that there are no limitations. If you want to get something done, you've got to do it yourself. Right. Well, and sometimes you have to call in a team to produce what you're wanting to produce. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so you had to take control of it. And it's I, I, you're an inspiration to me because I just had this very conversation with myself <laughs> the other day. And I said, so you're, you're an inspiration. I'm not sure my drawings will look as good as you. I do <laughs> stick people. I'll just do a stick people book. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Nikki, you've worn so many, you wear so many hats. What is the craziest thing you've ever done as an entrepreneur in your business life? Oh my gosh. I've done oh there's so many. Um I think one of the things that I've done, and I was chatting to someone about this uh, a few a few weeks ago. Um I've always been self-employed um, for as long as I can remember. And, um, and I've done a bit of contract work here and there. But one of the craziest things I must have done was stand in a store window as a mannequin <laughs> dressed in a leather outfit from pants to jacket, <laughs> the light on me, <laughs> being dead still. How, so you're one of those window models or whatever they call them. I, you know, I think, I think when it was, I mean, this is probably like about 20 years ago that I had done this. Um, but the life of the entrepreneur, and, and I've become that now, because I think when you're self-employed, you're only employed for yourself. But when you become an entrepreneur, you provide employment for others as well. And that's what the entrepreneur is for me. But I've always been... Um, a go-getter and I've always you know if you need to put bread on the table then you got to do something to put bread on the table and and that's just what it's about so I've done many things I've um, lectured before I've written before I've worked in retail before um, probably just about I mean everything I can think of I've just really involved I've been a waitress I think we've all wanted to you know done some waitressing yes mm -hmm. <laughs> I still have you nightmares know? Still nightmares. Of all these tables, and I can't get the food out fast enough. This is the nightmares I have still. 20, so I think, 30 years later. So so I think you know, um now I'm still I'm still consulting, but now I think I'm doing eventually I'm I'm doing things that that matters and that I love doing. And so one of the things now is planting um is handing giving away speck worms i don't know if you know but the little speck worm that is indigenous to south africa so no what does that mean what does that mean exactly it's a, it's a little a plant so directly translated it would be called a bacon bush or a pork bush but it's actually an elephant bush and it's 
it's found in the Eastern Cape. So it's indigenous to South Africa and it's a means of combating climate change because it produces more oxygen than the, if you had to scale it to the same size as the Amazon, it would produce, I think it's three times the amount of oxygen that the Amazon produces. Okay, so you are, so, so you, that is amazing. So then you are giving them out across the, the continent. I mean, whoever wants them, whoever wants them, I just, if can I, can them, we have one? You send me one? <laughs> so we're giving it away. I'm going to put it in my backyard. How big does it get? Well, it grows, it grows into a bush. It depends on how you want to grow it. Um, and it literally just break a stick off and you stick it in the soil and it just grows. It's one of those. Wow. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Plants. Yeah, I want to. I want one. So that's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so we're giving it away. So, so Nikki. Yes. That is wonderful. That is. Nikki, if you had a magic wand, if there's oh. one thing you could change about your life, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um. I know she I likes to stump. She likes to do these stump questions that get you, doesn't it? No, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I think where I am today um, is because of where I've been and and my 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 path that I'm still continuing. I'm happy with the path that I'm taking. So where I've been is it's all been life lessons, you know, um, and that's okay, you know. I think the quicker you are to accept what you are and where you've been and what you've done, the quicker you can move on in life. Mm. So awesome. Yes. You know, so, so yeah. So I, I don't think I would change anything really, you know, um, I think just be a bit more. It's a good, it's a good place to be in. If you yeah. feel that way about your life, you're yeah. wonderful. Good Ricky, how can people get copies of your book? So, so at the moment, um, Besides me going to events, people are now just inboxing me and I'm just posting it off to whoever wants. And if you collect it from my house, you get a speck worm, you get an elephant bush tree to go with it. <laughs> I am in. All right. So where do they inbox you at? Do you have an email, yeah, your Facebook? On, on Facebook. So I've got a, a, a mean cow, how now mean cow um, Facebook page. Okay. How now mean cow directly message me on that facebook page which is what's oh. been happening and so i've just been posting whoever wants a book i'll just send send it off via post awesome oh my gosh how what how fun this is it's so i i know Bridgetti and i both love meeting um people and interviewing them and talking to them about their lives and their journey is because everybody even though we are all connected and we're all the same yeah. we all come in different packages and we all have different things that drive us and different experiences and so it's so much fun to hear about yeah it is yeah and thank you that is it's awesome been great fun Big pleasure. Nikki, I know that Mary asked the question in the beginning, but for people um, watching now and they want to get the book, yeah. what age group again um, is the book aimed at? It's it's aimed at age up until age eight. And I think if you are struggling, if you have a, a, a you know a kid that's that you that's struggling with reading, um, and they are still young, then it's a good idea for them to read the book as well just to get them to understand how rhyming works 
And that's really the, the, the focus, is just to get kids to understand the, the importance of rhyming, really. Right. And so with the mean cow, is, are we fo- are you focusing on bullying or being nice or do you have a, what is your. It's a, it's a bit of a, it's a cow that's quite nasty and she doesn't mm-hmm. like eating. And so, but she makes these fantastic meals with her green grass. So that's the creative part. So she makes mm-hmm. green grass burgers and green grass shakes and green grass. Oh, it sounds vegan actually. Um, <laughs> it's a vegan book guys it's a vegan book <laughs> but you can get a bacon bush though right yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so she, she doesn't want to share her precious grass and then something terrible happens one day and she doesn't know who to turn to mm, and so then good. it's about okay she maybe she does have to share And so people will help you out also, you know. Um, and so she gets help from people that she least expect would help her. And so it's, it's really what community is. Sometimes you, people will help you, a stranger will help you, and you least expect help from a stranger. So that's really what, what, what the book is about. Nice. The lesson in there. The lesson, yeah. Love it. It's not your, not your, you know, there's a million books out there, and this has a different turn and a different, you know, yeah. message to it in the way that it's done. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's so awesome. Nikki, thank you for being a, a guest on our show oh, today. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for watching Have everyone. Fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye everyone. And thanks for watching. We'll be back again next week. Bye for Bye. now. Bye-bye. Oh, she left.
it seems we have we've had some technical glitches um some end and uh so i apologize for that thank you for watching everyone have a great day further and we will see you back again next week on the right live show so again from me for the second time it's goodbye and have a great evening or afternoon <laughs>